A lot of you have been asking me for insomnia treatment options, so I want to let you know I have launched an insomnia treatment course. It's a very structured and effective treatment program with a lot of clinical evidence support. So one course is in Chinese and one is in English. You can find it at deepintosleep.co/insomnia. Do you know? Actually, a lot of famous athletes. They sleep a lot. Do you know if we can improve the length of our sleep somewhat, the performance when we do sports can be improved? So there are a lot of research behind athletes' health, performance, and sleep. So I learned a lot of this from our guest today, Dr. Alan Chu. He is an assistant professor and chair of the sport, exercise, and performance psychology master's program at the University of Wisconsin Green Bay. He is a certified mental performance consultant, working with athletes and coaches across high school, college, and professional levels on psychological skills training. In addition, he's a self-determination theory international scholar who conducts research on motivation, particularly in the sports and exercise domains. So I'm very happy to have Alan with us today to share with us ins and outs of how sleep can impact athletes, can impact sports. And at the end of this episode, he also shares with us. Something about motivation theory. Welcome to Deep Into Sleep. I'm your host Ishan. Welcome, Dr. Alan Chu. Welcome to Deep Into Sleep. Thank you for having me. So I know you're a sports psychologist. What is a sports psychologist? Yeah, that's a good question. That's a question that many people ask when I mention that I'm a sports psychology. Professor or sports psychology consultant. So, sports psychology is a field that we use psychological principle to help athletes optimize their performance. So, for example,、uh, we use relaxation skills, mindfulness,、uh, focus, self-talk. Many of those skills that are from traditional clinical or counseling psychology that we apply. Into the sport context to increase their performance, and、uh, beyond performance aspect, there's also the mental health aspect.、Uh, I'm not a clinical or counseling psychologist, so my title is certified mental performance consultant,、uh, CMPC in short, mainly focusing on the performance aspect. But there are also some clinical and counseling sports psychologists. That work with athletes, mainly focusing on the mental health aspects, such as eating disorder,、uh, anxiety, and depression.、Uh, and beyond sports psychology,、uh, there's also exercise and performance psychology. So exercise psychology focuses on helping people build a habit for a healthy lifestyle, be motivated to exercise regularly, to improve their fitness and health. And then performance psychology would be、uh, applied to some other contexts, such as the military,、uh, music, or even surgeons. You know, now there are people working with surgeons, firefighter, 
and police officers on handling the stress in, in order to help them be more focused and perform better in their context as well. That's very interesting. Actually, I don't know there are so many uh, different categories. Mm, sounds like just like there are sleep psychologists just handle people's sleep disorder, their nutrition to handle the food, diet. And sounds like there are people really just focus on healthy lifestyle, exercise, and other type of certain career, certain jobs, like people's stress level, their performance. And you, your job possibly mostly works on athletes in, in the sports field. That's correct. Yeah, so that's my consulting role. Uh, as you know, I'm a professor as well. My main job is being at the university, teaching sports psychology, and also other undergraduate courses, uh, and then doing research on different sports psychology-related issues. Uh, although my main focus is on motivation, a motivation in sport, but also in general. You know, basically looking at why people do what they do and why they keep doing it and why do, do they enjoy what they do. That's definitely interesting. I definitely want to ask you more about that. But overall, when you mention athletes and sports, motivation, it's just remind me recently there's a lot of attention focused on athletes' performance and sleep, like their sleep length, their sleep quality, how that really interferes with them. So I'm wondering in your work, either research work or your consultant work, your practice, whether you see any like issues about sleep among athletes. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I've worked with many different athletes uh, from high school to collegiate athlete and professional athlete uh, on the national team. So when I work with athletes, especially adolescents, what I see quite often is that they are pretty exhausted or they are tired. You know, I, when I ask them how their day is going, a lot of time they will say tired because they have to go to school, they have to practice, and they don't get enough sleep. So that's where the sleep factor comes in. And I think it's particularly, uh, particularly an issue for high school and collegiate athletes because they have school, they have early classes that they have to get up early, or sometimes they even need to practice before school starts. So for example, most of the swim and track and field teams, they have early practices and they also have afternoon practices. So they have their first practice 6 a.m. in the morning and then they go to school during the day and then they practice again in the evening. So it's a really exhausting lifestyle for them, uh, especially they have to stay up late to either do their homework or maybe just hang out with friends because of their age, being in school and socialize with people in that context. So definitely sleep plays a role in their athletic performance. Yeah, that reminds me of my college life. My first year in college, I studied uh, chemistry and I played volleyball for the chemistry department. And we had to get up like 5 a.m. every morning to go to practice. And then at night, we have tons of homework to work on in the chemistry chemistry classes. So that was, uh, when you mentioned that, that reminded me of those horrible <laughs> practicing time. 
Well, 5 a.m. in the morning, how, how come you start that early? Like, uh, I think it's still dark outside, you know, that early in the morning. Right, especially I'm a little bit night owl. That's even harder for me. But I have to say, after like a semester of this kind of schedule, I definitely felt very, very healthy. And even though I had to struggle to get up early and sleep really late, but because of practice, the exercise, I definitely felt like overall the whole energy level actually was pretty good. But mm. the sleep definitely made me during the daytime uh, have some some fatigue, some you know uh, uncomfortable feelings. So I'm more curious about this area, uh, especially when you mentioned this, and also a lot of research, a lot of. Sleep scientists are talking about right the impact of sleep deprivation, and also in our own clinical practice, we talk about insomnia uh, and sleep and performance overall. So I'm wondering for athletes, for example, if they're gonna have training like this early morning or during the daytime, does their sleep really impact them? And how is that like more sleep quality matters or sleep quantity matters? I think both quantity and quality play a role based on what we see in research. You know, I mean, there are times that people can sleep for 10 hours and yet the next day they still feel very exhausted because they don't have good quality sleep or they don't have enough time in the deeper sleep stages and the REM sleep. So I think both quantity and quality play a role. Uh, thinking back when I worked with the volleyball team uh, in Texas, when I was there for my PhD, I went to the early practices. You know, it was hard for me to get up and just see them doing volleyball and weight training practices. I can't even imagine how hard it was for them to actually be ready to perform, you know, that early in the morning. And I, I did see some differences. Early morning, they usually felt a little bit more groggy. They didn't have as much energy. And they either maybe intentionally or unintentionally couldn't put out more effort than they usually do. So I would say that those practices seem a little bit less productive to me. Um, but I understand why the coach want to do that because the coach want to push them a little bit more. And I'm still not sure if I will agree 100% uh, because of the research showing that there's actually a pretty large study mainly done in Stanford in that one, uh, one university looking at collegiate athletes. They sleep the first two weeks uh, the same hours that they usually do. So that's the baseline data that they get related to their performance and sleep. And then they sleep six weeks uh, with two more hours every day. So let's say if normally they sleep for uh, six hours, they sleep six hours for the, those two weeks, and then they sleep eight hours for the six following weeks. A research showed that when they sleep that two additional sleep, a so-called sleep extension strategy, they actually swim faster. Uh, or the football athlete, they, they run faster. Decision-making and reaction time is faster. And also tennis player, they have better accuracy and perception skills during the post-test study compared to the baseline data. Interesting. So for the college athletes, just by consistently sleeping two more hours 
or a little bit more than normal every day for several weeks, we can see such an improvement in their sports performance across different sports. Right, exactly. Yeah, of course, it depends on on the specific sample. And that study did mention that it was only done in one university on collegiate athlete. Um, and it's quite likely is the issue that we mentioned. They just don't get enough sleep in general. That's why those two hours really help. But let's say if there are athletes who already sleep uh, 10, 8 to 10 hours a day, you know, additional sleep may not help, but there may be ways that they can improve their quality, maybe being more relaxed before they sleep and try to not think about things that they worry before they sleep uh, to increase their quality of sleep. Yeah, that's a very good point. Sounds like athletes need to really understand what their current sleep look like. Are they lacking sleep, depriving themselves? They're not sleeping enough because schoolwork, because other things, because practice. Then if they are able to manage somehow squeezing more sleep, it may be helpful. But if they already sleep a lot, the, the sleep hours are fine, then they should uh, possibly consider working on the sleep quality. I, I like that. It definitely makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then how many hours an athlete may need? Uh, I'm not sure about the research. Are you aware of any research to recommend anything for college athletes? Yeah, so the general recommendation is about eight hours, maybe eight to nine hours would be ideal. Uh, definitely not less than six hours. I think that's just the general recommendation. And research show that sleep for athletes should even be longer than the general population. Because during the day, athletes work out so hard and they tear their uh, muscles, so to speak. You know, when they have to lift weight, when they have to run, they have to jump, they're using a lot of muscle in their body that would require even more recovery during their sleep. So it's recommended that they sleep probably a little bit more than the general population, uh, around eight or nine hours. Uh, There are actually some famous athletes who are also famous for sleeping a lot. So for example, Roger Federer, which is one of my favorite athletes. You know, he is a sweet tennis player. He's played for... I think almost 20 years by now and still play very competitively actively at the age of 38. And one of the strategies that he mentioned why he has such a longevity is that he sleeps 12 hours every day. And he breaks it down into 10 hours at night and two hours during the day, kind of like a nap, but longer than a usual nap that we we talk about. Uh, And then Usain Bolt, I'm pretty sure all the listeners know of him, you know, the Jamaican sprinter, you know, arguably one of the best sprinter in the world or in the history. You know, he told the media that he used to sleep about 10 hours a day, every day as well, during his training. Similar for basketball player uh, LeBron James, also about 12 hours a day. So it seems the elite athlete sleep even a little bit more than the eight-hour recommendation. And sleep to them is a performance uh, because they 
they are a little bit different than collegiate athlete in a way that they don't have school, uh, they don't have other social tasks as much. So their focus is on only sport. And to them, sleep is part of their, their career, part of their training uh, as well. Yeah, that's very interesting cases to know. Great examples. I'm not aware that actually they sleep this much. And uh, that makes sense when they can only focus on the sports and they have a lot of say about their own schedule, their training, their, their rest. Uh, I would imagine possibly really hard for college students, college athletes to manage that because they have too many things on their plate. I'm wondering how, how many hours they are able to sleep. Possibly not a lot. Yeah, possibly not a lot. You know, what I've been hearing is maybe about six hours or even less. Wow. I think they sleep a little bit more during off-season. So, for example, volleyball, they have a fall season. So they practice and compete mainly from August to December. Uh, I can't see any of those days they can sleep eight hours or more just because of all the volleyball training and also school at the same time. But in the spring semester, they may be able to sleep more because they have less training during those times. Mm, Okay. That's very sad. Like during the season, they are not able to sleep a lot. And even off season, they possibly still have schoolwork and other things. And even Mm. a little bit more may not still be as much as what their body needs. Mm. So I'm curious, during the competition season, like when you mentioned the volleyball team, the fall season, do athletes normally sleep less, partly because they are busy, I guess, they have to train, and partly maybe due to anxiety? I'm not sure. I think most of the time, athletes do not relate the two together. Most of the time, you know, when I ask them how their sleep is going, they said not good because they are tired, they are busy, either not enough quantity or not enough quality or both. Mm. But then when I ask them whether they feel stressed or anxious, they will also say yes, but they they don't always relate it to. But I I definitely see the correlation there. You know, when they are busy, they are more stressed, they're more anxious, and then they are also less likely to be able to sleep well at night as well. Anxiety and stress are common issues for normal college students. And I think it's particularly common for athletes who are in season, just because they have so much pressure to perform every week during the season. Hmm. Yeah. I would really um, imagine for athletes in such a highly competitive environment, handling stress and anxiety possibly pretty hard. Uh, The limited number of athletes I have worked with or my friends I knew back in school, they are like athletes. I feel like many of them are quite a style of perfectionist and they want to do things really, really well. They want to make things perfect. They want to perform the best. They always aim for the goal. And just feels like the whole person is quite intense and want everything to be perfect in their life and in their different performance. Um, just by witnessing that, I just feel very tired for them. Mm-hmm. No, I think that you are definitely right. I think especially 
in the US, uh, the system in college is very competitive, uh, different than in uh, China, mainland China or Hong Kong, China that I grew up. You know, I mean, I was a collegiate table tennis player, but I didn't train as much as the collegiate athlete here. My main job was being in school, mainly perform well in school. And I never uh, had a desire or never thought I would become a professional athlete after college. But here, uh, the differences is that so many collegiate athletes, they still want to get up to the next level, be a professional, and they have a lot more structure, practice, training, competition, more so than in China or in Hong Kong or some other Asian countries. So I think in the U.S., the system makes collegiate athletes even more tiring, especially they have to travel over the country, you know, to the east, to the west, and then there are also time zone differences, just really hard to maintain a regular sleep schedule for them. Right, right. Not only college students, because in my clinical work, I work with a lot of teenagers. I feel like for high school, cheer team and other sports teams, they also sounds like quite, quite busy practice several times a week and they would travel during the weekends to different cities for competitions. It so sounds like this whole system in America is quite busy and quite fully scheduled. And many of them are anxious and don't have time to socialize with their friends. Yeah, school sport in the U.S. is probably the most competitive in the world, you know, I, I think many other countries in Europe, Asia, they still have very competitive sports, but then at the youth level, they usually have separate clubs or separate national training center. The athlete would go there to train during the weekday uh, and during the weekend, uh, but they don't do much sport in school. Also, if they want to become professionals, they don't even go to college. You know, right after high school, they will just train professionally in the National Training Center. So it's very different than the system in the U.S. that the U.S. focus on college education and collegiate athletics at the same, same time. And that's why those athletes have uh, even more pressure uh, with school and athletics at the same time than other countries. Mm, right. So for college athletes especially, I know you have a lot of experience working with mm-hmm. them. Any suggestions, any like uh, advice for them, if any of them are listening right now, what they can consider to include in their daily life to help them manage their stress a little bit better by sleeping more, sleeping better? Mm-hmm. I think the first thing I would suggest is just be aware of their sleep quantity and quality. A good thing to do, maybe just keeping track how many hours they sleep every day during the weekday and during the weekend. Uh, Research shows that, and also based on my observation, they tend to sleep a little bit more during the weekend. They may have a little bit more energy on the weekend. So maybe be aware of the quantity, quality of sleep, but also the energy level. So to just try trying to see, okay, if I sleep seven hours, I feel pretty good. If I sleep six hours, I don't feel good. So if they are aware of that pattern, they are more able to 
uh, regulate their schedule uh, to make sure they have more sleep. Uh, and then they probably do not have 100% control over their sleep schedule or their practice schedule. So if they can really sleep a lot at night, what I would suggest is to make sure they have at least 20, 30 minutes during the day to be in a quiet place to take a nap or even just rest. Just take 20, 30 minutes out of the day to not do anything. Not checking their phone, putting their phone away and just relax during that moment. You probably know quite well that a power nap can help with energy level quite a bit as well. Just like Roger Federer does, you know, every day he would take a nap, although he take a longer nap than most people do. Uh, even for me, sometimes I would try to take a short nap in my office or at home, just 10, 15 minutes, and that would help me with my energy level. If I know that I can't get enough sleep at night. So first, be aware. And then second, uh, try to see if they can adjust their sleep schedule. Uh, if they can't adjust sleeping at night, you know, try to add some time during the day to relax or even take a nap. Yes, I, I like this. So I think self-awareness always the big foundation, the first step to understand what our body needs. When I talk about sleep, I always emphasize that sleep is an individual thing. Everyone needs different hours of sleep, different type of sleep. So if we have to understand our body, right? As athletes, I think they need to understand each of them, how many hours sleep impact their energy level, like you mentioned. And power nap, definitely, I agree. I think in Asian culture, it's, uh, there's a lot of nap in the culture. In America, I feel like it's not so much. Not a lot of people are taking power naps or relax like that in the middle of the day. But personally, agree with you, me too. If I take a brief nap, like less than 30 minutes, it can be quite refreshing to resume the work for me too. And also try to sleep a little bit more. Like what you said, in sleep science, we also recommend people, if you need really sleep more, but your schedule is tight, you can always try to go to bed like even 15 minutes earlier, 20 minutes earlier. Uh, just by a little bit extension like that, it possibly can help you a lot. And I know a lot of high school right now, like in California especially, the, the governors adjust the school start time to make it a little bit later, even just like 20 minutes or 30 minutes later of school start time that can offer a little bit more sleep for the teens. And there are a lot of great cognitive performance, all those like outcomes, data come from it. So I think if athletes are able to extend their sleep either end, right, before night and in the morning, just by a little bit, possibly can be really helpful. That's awesome. Right. Yeah, I think you, you mentioned... The, the key point that athletes or uh, adolescents, you know, are teenagers at their age, they have to sleep more or they uh, also tend to sleep later and get up later. You know, that's just something biological that we know from research that we have to consider. So I mentioned some strategy for athletes, but if for coaches, uh, administrators who are listening to this podcast, what they may consider is to push back their practices to a little bit later. 
Uh, it's not that teenagers or early adults or young adults are lazy, but it's just biologically, they need more sleep in their developmental stages and they tend to get up a little later based on research. And you're definitely right, you know, there are several states doing it now that they push back school, they show better academic performance and even less car accidents uh, for, for teenagers. So definitely a good thing to consider. Right, definitely, definitely. I like what you mentioned, the biological part. I know for high school students, which is very age-wise, biological-wise, very close to college students, young adults, uh, some psychologists mentioned, actually one of my guests on my show before, mentioned to me that 7 a.m. to high school students, to these teens, are like 4 a.m. to adults. So it's really, really early for them, for their biology at that age and getting up super early to practice like 5 a.m. to practice in college, possibly like asking an adult to get up like 2 or 3 a.m. So it's Mm -hmm. very hard. Right, yeah. One study that I saw in Australia, they just look at athletes in general, what time they sleep and what time they get up. You know, it showed that they sleep around 11 p.m., uh, and get up around 7.15 a.m., uh, more like the natural sleep pattern that they have. And I think athletes may already get up or sleep earlier than non-athlete population because they are tired. They usually sleep earlier at night because they train really hard. If the practice is 8 a.m., you know, it means they have to get up probably two hours earlier than the natural pattern, and that would definitely influence their performance in athletics and in school as well. And I imagine for non-athletes, that need to be a little later. You know, they may get up 8 a.m. or even even a little later as well. I mean, I do remember when I was in high school, many of my friends, uh, myself included, would sleep until maybe 10 a.m. in the morning on the weekend, if we can, you know, just because we are so tired getting up early, going to school during the weekday that we just need to catch up on some sleep. Right, the sleep debt. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I really hope the whole system can change to really protect more sleep, to, to help support athletes to get more sleep somehow, mm-hmm. which is so important. Yeah, at the end of the show, I know I did not get to ask you about your research on the motivation very much. We possibly have to find another time to really talk about that. I'm very curious about that. So if you want to summarize some main findings in the motivation research you are doing for the audience, just out of curiosity, is there any brief summary you want to share? Yeah, absolutely. So the theory that I use is pretty complex. Uh, it has many different components. So the theory that I use to investigate motivation uh, is called self-determination theory. SDT in short, it was created or established by DC and Ryan, Dr. DC and Dr. Ryan in 1985. Uh, but I can talk about the main aspect of that theory. Um, so it talks about the motivation Uh, More important is quality, not quantity. What that means is that if we have, when we mentioned we have high motivation, we have to think about what the quality of that motivation is. Uh, So we have intrinsic motivation and also different type of extrinsic motivation. So if people are intrinsically motivated, 
that's the best quality motivation. It's good to have high intrinsic motivation. But if we have high extrinsic motivation, it may not be good. Extrinsic motivation would be, for example, I play sports because I want to win prize money. Or I play sports because my parents give me pressure. They make me do it. I play sports because of my parents, not my own will. So those are extrinsic motivation. Even though I'm high in those motivation, it's not good for me in the long term. And that's why so many athletes drop out around the age of high school because they play sport mainly for scholarship or for their parents, for other people, not for their own enjoyment. And then what we talk about in self-determination theory is that if we want people to have high intrinsic motivation, we need to fulfill their three basic psychological needs. Uh, and they are autonomy, competence, and relatedness. Uh, so autonomy would be giving people some choices, uh, giving people some acknowledgement of what they do. So for example, if I'm a coach, I'm going to give my athlete some option. Maybe let them decide the schedule so that they can sleep a little bit more. Uh, let them decide when they want to practice. Let them decide what kind of drills they want to do. Um, so some freedom and choices would be helpful for autonomy. Uh, and then the second need that I mentioned is competence. So if I'm a coach, I can help athletes feel more competent, uh, make them feel they're good at something by encouraging them and focusing on improvement rather than their performance. So as soon as they improve, I place them rather than only place them when they win the competition and then punish them if they, they lose, you know, that would not be helpful for competence. And then the last need that I mentioned is relatedness, meaning a sense of connection or sense of belong, belonging. So as a coach, what I could do is uh, bring the team together outside of practice. We may just go out for a picnic. Uh, of course, it's a little harder to do during the COVID pandemic world, but if things are normal, you know, go out for a picnic, um, just have some coffee, chat, some camping, some external activity that bring the team together beyond uh, the athletic context. So that will help foster their sense of belonging. Um, and if they like each other, they are more likely to be more motivated, intrinsically motivated to play sport. So uh, to summarize, the best motivation is intrinsic motivation, high quality motivation, Extrinsic, not as good. And then if you want people to have high intrinsic motivation, we will need to fulfill their autonomy, competence, and relatedness, the three basic psychological needs. Mm, that's great. Yeah, that's, that's very interesting. Feels like even though it's a theory developed for athletes, but it can be applied to so many areas in our life in general. Right. Well, thank you very much, Alan, for today, for coming to the show, uh, discussing and sharing all this wonderful information with us. It's my pleasure. Thank you, Isan, for having me. So if you are an athlete yourself, hopefully today's episode gave you some great ideas about how important sleep is to what you do. 
Dr. Chu also shared some great resources, including some sleep tips for athletes. I included in the show note at deepintosleep.co/episode/zero four five. Welcome to go there and check out more. He also shared with us some videos his department made to explain what is sports psychology and related topics. If you are interested, you can find those resources in our show notes also. If you are coach and administration level for athletes, hopefully this episode can make you rethink about how to help support athletes, including college and high school athletes, to help them get more sleep. Again, I just want to really thank all the audience to keep on listening and supporting our podcast. Hopefully, you like my conversation with Dr. Chu and learn something. I am Ishan, and I will see you next week. Sleep is an individual thing. We all sleep differently, and there is so much we can do to improve sleep quality. Keep hope and carry on. This podcast is for general informational purpose only and does not include the practice of medicine or other health professional services. Usage of the information we share is at the listener's own risk. And our content does not intend to be a substitute for any medical and professional services, diagnoses, and treatment. Please seek professional health services as needed. Are you suffering from insomnia? I promise you, the CBTI method in my course will definitely help you. Even if several nights of better sleep, that would be a world-changing experience for you. I have had so many success from my insomnia patients who have taken this course over the years. If you know someone who are struggling with sleep, go to my website and check out my course at deepintosleep.co/insomnia.